Welcome back to Square Horror. I'm your Duke of Spook, Danny. Master of Ceremonies, Matt. What are we talking about today, Danny? Today we're starting our journey through educational horror. Yeah, edutainment. <laughs> uh, but specifically because... Now we know for cert- almost for certain that you're going to be leaving earlier than we expected. Correct. Which means that we have less of a we have more of a deadline to figure out how to effectively record from afar. <laughs> yeah. Which we'll figure out. Yeah. But in that spirit, we're going to be covering uh, school movies, vaguely school related, school related, school age related. Yeah, school age related. We're going to be kind of starting out with more uh, elementary school age ki- children, and working our way yeah. all the way up through college, all the way to college. Um, and of those, we're pretty much going to be willy nilly p- picking. We're pick- yeah, we're just kind of picking out of a hat yeah, like at this the, point. This by no means is the like conclusive all high school horror movies because like that in itself is its own podcast. Oh yeah. Not to mention a lot of movies that it's like we're so we're gonna cover School Spirit and then Scream. Like we can't do yeah. that, you know? Uh, so yeah, we're pretty much just picking ones that we feel like would be fun to talk about. Um, we've got a lot of uh, ones to choose from, like you said. Yes. That we're a lot of them are gonna be, you know, just like if we watched it and liked it enough to talk about it, we'll talk, we're gonna about, talk about, it. about it. And if not, we'll pick another one instead. So yeah, you're. I mean, this is a very no pressure series. Oh yeah. There's nothing to learn, nothing to gain, no deeper meaning. It's just themes that we notice. And we're starting off real strong with a. I want to say contemporary uh, zombie classic. Totally, totally. With uh, cooties. I think everybody that I've heard of that's seen this movie loved it. It's so funny. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did James not cover this movie as well? He did. Okay, because I do, in my mind, I just have an image of him taking a three to four minute aside just to talk about, like, how awesome this movie is, despite all of X, Y, and Z. And Mm -hmm. we're going to see, especially, like, I added production notes. We don't normally do that as much anymore, but I feel like they were warranted because it it actually feels, I feel like lends to why it's such a fun movie. Like, well, everyone yeah. involved, you know? And I'm going to just jump right out of the gate here and say that I can and have successfully recommended this movie really? to so many people. I showed this movie to my dad on oh, a whim one time, <laughs> and we just had so much fun with it. Because not only will you recognize a bunch of the actors in this movie, That's a big but thing. it's also just so entertaining right. and really goofy but not losing out on other aspects of its story for the comedy like there's this certainly is a dark tone (laughs) like i actually corrected the little synopsis thing on imdb because i felt like it was too bleak oh my god like you almost have to be looking at the poster when you Mm -hmm. look at that because like the the poster almost reminds me of like the original star wars poster like everyone's in the middle posed in some way (laughs) But it's just so that you can, like, they can overact how, like, terrified they are of these kid zombies. Yeah. But, so, like, that's the type of tone with this movie, but it very qu- easily could have been very dark. Yes. And, uh... And I feel like the opening scene of the movie really lends itself more towards the darkness before you start to find the comedy. There, there are definitely points in this movie that make me feel very uneasy, uh, but it's not for too long, mm-hmm. and they know how to balance tone. Yes. Uh, very, absolutely. Very, very well. Even with characters who, like... Listen, the characters in this movie, while they're entertaining to watch, are not very well thought out. And I think it's specifically done on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like... Elijah Wood is in this movie from yes. Lord of the Rings, and his character is just like loser. 
<laughs> There's no like yeah. further James Gunn depth to why or like what he's gonna do to overcome it. He just is that. Mm-hmm. And I think that this movie gets so good because, like a lot of contemporary horror that's more meta, if it's done well, then you have characters that are, like, stereotypes. Mm-hmm. But because they've embraced them in a way that's just so unapologetically funny and good, any type of movie, no matter how dark it could have been, very easily can be like, nah, it's just fun and zombies, you know? Well, and I kind of love that while they do embrace the st- a lot of stereotypes in this for movie certain. for the... It's for, that, like contemporary stereotypes, yes. too. Yeah, not know? old dated ones. But also sometimes they kind of twist those stereotypes on their head. Like, <laughs> we all know Rain Wilson as right. Dwight from The Office. And in this, he plays the, like buff jock gym teacher and you can't take that seriously he's the guy that drives a really really big truck and like the dual real wheel yeah dual real dual real wheel yeah (laughs) two wheels in the back there's two extra wheels in the back (laughs) um yeah he's a riot because rain Rain wilson's hilarious Mm -hmm. um allison pill is also fucking hilarious in this yes Uh, she's like the like what like first grade teacher yeah she's the happy-go-lucky first grade teacher she's dating rain wilson Mm -hmm. but like it's so very much like are you fucking kidding yeah (laughs) yeah elijah we'll get to all the characters here in a bit but like just the whole cast is written almost with that person in mind Mm -hmm. when they like created that character yes and i think we just we i think we agreed on it none more so than lee waddell writing himself writing his own character who can't act normally (laughs) (laughs) how to have a normal conversation this movie is extra fun especially if you've seen saw or like you know like if way way back in the beginning of the summer like the original we're talking the first first song like adam the guy that we pointedly were like my name is very fucking confused (laughs) you do a really good adam but like all of those lines are just so they're just goofy they're good but no one would ever say those Mm -hmm. which i think is great about his characters he's just so out of touch that like (laughs) When like when he's being genuine, it doesn't work, and when he's scared, it's just flipping. Oh look, carnage! <laughs> oh carnage! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this one came out in 2014, so it's mm-hmm. right in that perfect like new horror renaissance before like everyone like figured out like it was just so lucrative and yeah. everyone was like actually into it. Because we'll get into it in a bit, but Elijah Wood in recent years has started his own production company, like horror production company. He's big into, like, cutting edge of, like, psychological horror. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of the stuff on Shudder, and, like, when I read off some of these accolades, I know you'll definitely perk up. But, like, the type of horror that he is into definitely comes across. Mm -hmm. And for someone like me who knows that and, like, respects that, it's interesting that, like, this is how it started. Yeah. Like, something that was still so goofy and so, like, fun before he's like, okay, we also really want to make super artistic stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. So, cooties, take it away, Dan. So, um, well, actually, I want you, since you said you adapted oh, the synopsis, okay. I want you to cover that, because I want to know what you changed. Oh, well, I more or less just put more details in. Okay. To, that that made me laugh. It's like, again, yeah, this town, it is a, there's an apocalypse. Okay, but it's called Fort Chicken. Is that yeah. funny? You know? Uh, so, a mysterious chicken nugget born virus. <laughs> I added the chicken nugget because it's it, information you need to know. It's dumb. It sets like, the mood. Yeah, it's 28 days later, but like it's a chicken nugget. Come on. So a chicken nugget born virus hits the suburban town of Fort Chickens Elementary School. 
transforming the kids into a feral swarm of flesh-eating zombies. They don't actually use the word zombie, which I think is unfair because they're definitely zombies. Yeah. Like, we're not, it's not even like a rage virus, like just superhuman agility strength thing. Like they're zombies. Like they are mm-hmm. corpses that like need to be, their heads need to be destroyed for them to die. Well, yeah, like again. they talk about the um, necropolis. Necrosis? Necrosis of the brain. Necropolis <laughs> is from Six Flags. Yeah. I know that. <laughs> you mean City of the Dead? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, okay, so a uh, while a motley band of teachers fight for their lives. So we're following the teachers in this elementary school that's, like, ground zero for this infection. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. Don't worry. Like, yeah. Again, that's why, like, I added, I added in some of the details that were more lighter to remind, like, zombie movies can be Train to Busan and mm-hmm. very, very, like, bleak re i use bleak a lot but like zombie movies that are really good that scare people really show how like fucked everybody is yeah train of busan is great at that it's especially good because it's a korean horror thing Mm -hmm. which like if you aren't watching what's been coming out of korea especially in terms of horror and thriller what the fuck are you doing do it they're like everything they make is amazing Mm -hmm. um but yeah train of busan is a zombie thing they they put out and it's very aggressive, it's very real, it's very grounded, and it makes you afraid of how realistic this could be. Mm-hmm. This could have done that, and then it makes you really sad about all those kids. But then, you know, you see that they're all assholes, and it's from Chicken Nuggets, and then it's not so scary anymore. Yeah. Um, I saw a uh, Metacritic talk about uh, that <laughs> it was a good cross between Glee and Saw. Which is so perfect that you mentioned no, that. No, like, specific, like, he did that on purpose, but... Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But, yeah. <laughs> so, the two writers of this are um, Lee Winnell, who helped co-create the original Saw movie, and um, Ian Brennan, mm-hmm. who was a creator on uh, shows like Glee, Scream Queens. too, which was very, very interesting. Really? Like, he did Glee, the net, like, this came out in 2014. Um, he Didn't Glee started in like oh nine, but he started writing for it. Then, oh, okay, I think. I think that was how it. How it okay, um, or at the very least, Cooties is just listed in his IMDb before uh, Glee. Okay, so I'm I'm not sure, but he does go on to write for a lot of Ryan Murphy projects. Yeah, like, like Scream, Scream Queens, Queens, The Politician with yeah. uh, Ben Platt, The Nurse Ratchet thing with uh, Sarah oh, Paulson. Yeah. He wrote that as well. Um, so, and both of them because that. This kind of movie, they both act in it as well. Yeah, which is, I, I, I think really is really it. fun. I think it's a it's a tell of a good screenwriter. I mean, we've been going through Tarantino, and he does this a lot too. Mm-hmm. Where just enough to put himself in the movie to add to the flavor, but mm-hmm. he's not the main character. Yeah, you know, like a Tarantino movie. He, with the exception of From Dust Till Dawn, he's never a main character, but he's part of the cast mm-hmm. to give it that flavor. I think Lee Winnell, like, him being all the Insidious movies. Yeah, that's right. Like, I keep forgetting he's in those. Well, and Insidious, I think, is like a – it's like almost like this where it had the tone to be kind of goofy because it is stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, like, as a concept, but it's still yeah. – it's fun. But sometimes it lo- – like, because James Wan directed it and James Wan is a fantastic director, it feels scarier than the script is, like, meant for it to be. Mm-hmm. Which, like, is kind of, like, the good flaw, I, th- I guess, in Insidious. Yeah. You know? But, like, Lee Winnell is one of the, like, goofy paranormal investigators that is in all of them and 
kind of shares a lot of very similar Lee Winnell, I think, just traits where he doesn't really know how to talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do love that as his career goes on, he when he uh, plays roles he has written for himself, they are just those kind of goofier, yeah. like, well, I'm just going to kind of bumble my way through this. This one's definitely the best. Oh, my god! Like, it's so... He's fucking hilarious. Well, yeah, and, like, you were keeping track of some of his one-liners I only, throughout like, it. I only grabbed a handful of them, but, like, it by no means is... Like, it is a sum of it all. Like, yeah. You know, like, these are all fucking so funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just... Before we get it, again, with in terms of vibe, there's a scene later, like, literally an 80s suit-up montage... While teachers are feeding kids drugs, saying, like, hey, look, kid, drugs, like, eat pills. It's like, that's the vibe of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it very much so uh, recognizes the, like, over-seriousness of, like, 2014 America. And is like, let's just fucking forget it. Mm-hmm. You know? um, we were watching something earlier maybe I was, where there was another theme of, like, hyper-patriotism as, like, a negative, it's, like, the new, like, punk, almost. Like, you have someone in an apocalyptic group that, like, in The Walking Dead, for instance, that's, like, mm-hmm. someone who's maybe more Southern, more, like, maybe Republican-leaning, and, like, their hot-headed temper because their views are so erratic or whatever, mm-hmm. like, makes them, like, the wild card in the group. Some, well, and that's that's in this, yeah. yeah. No, it is in this, but I, I like I think that watching this movie just really made me think about why. Because mm-hmm. I I think I watched something like just or just the other day that had the same thing, and I'm like, is this it's like the new trend? Because like I I get it, but like I I guess I just don't see it. And it wasn't till this movie that I'm like, oh no, because like they're the new punk aesthetic where mm-hmm. you can rely on them if you like appeal to like emotion, but like it's more so like. Nah, man, like, you're trying to cause problems. Like, Ray Wilson's character is, like, the monkey wrench in this otherwise, like, pretty, not narrow-minded, but, like, pretty even-keeled group. Yeah. He's, like, supposed to stir it up, but he also is the spirit of the group. Like, he's the one later on that comes in, like, like, to make sure they can all escape. Like, he's Mm -hmm. the guy that makes that sacrifice. So it's an interesting, like, respect, I guess. Because normally when you see characters like that, they're not given a lot of respect or it's very... Well, and even in this movie, there's another character that I feel like is a little bit more of that one note with Rebecca, who, since this movie takes place in Illinois, takes a lot of um, more Republican-leaning jabs at Illinois lawmakers. A patriot, the kid. I so I like even there's think that too. Yeah. There's three characters that were distinctly written with that as part of who they were, mm-hmm. and I think again it's it's kind of indicative of like a good current climate where the likelihood you're going to run into somebody or a number of people that fundamentally disagree with you in this day and age is a lot higher. So it makes more yeah. sense that there's more people probably in a group that you're going to struggle to communicate with because mm-hmm. you fundamentally disagree. Well, and what I love about all three of those characters in this movie is none of them are the same. They're all different right. like um, hints or tinges at the same overall character right. with different like yeah tints of um, the whole spectrum. Right. I mean, if and if we really want really yeah. something else. I mean, if we really want to get into it, yeah, you have Patriot on the the very like militant end of it. I mean, he was born on nine eleven. He was born on nine eleven, like, and he knows how to weaponize yeah, his he's speech. He, truly, because he feels 
so confident in his beliefs to a dangerous forever purge like type yeah place um rebecca has more of a she is a very insecure anxious person mm-hmm. and this is how she maintains order and anything that is outside of it that challenges that view because it's like, well, if that's not true, then, am I, then is my identity also a lie? Well, yeah, and it's also her lack of control of the other things right. in her life that she needs to control these things that are within her I power. mean, and that makes total sense. There's a lot of people in real life that yeah. that's – I mean, it's just that they, they're afraid, and, mm-hmm. and that's totally that's totally valid. And, and then Wade is the <laughs> – what we were talking about, we're like, there's a reason they cast – Rain Wilson. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, on my money, I bet that it's that he was a big fucking nerd. And then that's why he lords over all of his, like, athletic accomplishments. Because it's like, once he hit that growth spurt in high school, he's like, I'm not going to be weak again. I'm going to mm-hmm. be strong. I'm going to be the guy. So, like, it just makes total sense for all of these characters as to, like, why they... Because, like, even in Crisis, like, those kind of fall away. And, like, the group does come forward. And, like, yeah, the needs of others would you know you you're gonna put your life down for that that's maybe not something that you would normally do so it's it's a nice i guess respect yeah to to that because i feel like maybe now especially with the purge it's like that's like the new era like you've been watching the cracked after hours videos Um, i have have you seen the one yet where they talk about how uh horror as like as like an archetypal other for whatever the the time period is that's maybe a little i've seen that one so they talk about how like the zombies and night uh, the night of the living dead was Mm -hmm. like supposed to represent communism like this mindless group collective it's supposed to like exemplify that Mm -hmm. and in like the 80s during reagan it was more about like consumerism like dawn of the dead or like Anne Rice's yeah. vampires, it's more like once like Clinton's in office, it's more like promiscuous, more like kind of even go with the flow sort of thing. My theory is that it gets edgier in the late '90s with like Underworld and shit, mm-hmm. and then in the mid 2000s with like Bush and like 28 Days Later, it's preemptive war. Nowadays, I'm thinking because of Trump and everything, it's like the Republicans and white people are bad guys. That's why you got like Get Out, Candyman, mm-hmm. The Purge. Which, like, it's fine. I, I understand it. But I think that it's to make it all one note is to kind of take away the argument, too. Yeah. So I think this is something that is more, I don't know. Like, it's goofy still. Like, it doesn't yeah. take it seriously, which I think is, is which pretty is, good. Yes. Because, yeah, sometimes it helps to lean into that with a little more heavy-handed um opinions that you're trying to get across like i think of get out with that which did it all very get out, well like, it's a fantastic movie how, how to do it perfectly yeah <laughs> you know but like this was still with enough of a gentle touch where it's more of a afterthought where when you're thinking about this movie right. and you're like oh shit yeah and while you're watching the movie you're just thinking oh this is really fucking fun yeah i mean honestly it, mostly for patriotism just like fuck you kid like, exactly you're 12 and you're an idiot like you know? exactly as opposed to like i diametrically like i'm opposed to you it's more like shut the fuck up yeah <laughs> uh my last note that i thought was just kind of dumb was uh fort chicken feels like raccoon city because <laughs> like there's this weird cryptic like chicken processing plant like where the infection occurs mm-hmm um, and it's in a place called Fort Chicken, like some vague, like definitely like government issued name yeah. for a town that is a front for some horrible government bioweapons or whatever, like, like Raccoon City uh-huh. with umbrella. And it just made me laugh the more I thought about yeah. it. I'm like, 
no, wait, this is an r- outbreak at Raccoon City because it's just the same shit. Because <laughs> they go to Danville at the end and yeah. like, there's zombies there. I'm like, yeah, this is Raccoon City. This is this, this is, is a Resident, Resident Evil, Evil movie. I love that. I love that this could have been like a fucking reboot of Resident Evil. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, real quick to go through the rest of production. Um, Jonathan Milot and Carrie Murnian, they're a directing, pr- like, production design team. Yeah, they're a duo. Yeah, they met uh, at Parsons School of Design. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet another duo that are our forebears when we also are like, yeah, we're Beck and Woods and the guys that uh, did Cooties and shit, mm-hmm. you know? Well, because this was their first movie they directed. Right. Not not only together, but the first movie each of them directed that was feature length. Yeah. And since then, they've gone on to direct a couple other movies, I believe um, Becky and Bushwick being some of the more yeah. notable ones. They sound like almost like what we talked about with um, the director of next week's episode. Uh, his movies feel like if you like one of them, you'll like all of them. Mm-hmm. And at least Bushwick sounds like a post-apocalyptic looking thing. And I really like that. And I really like the, their vibe of how they film make. Cause yeah. they're all design majors. So they all know about like, they said about animation, design, advertising. So they really know how to make something look good. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I feel like if they make a lot of movies the same way, I would love to check those out. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Lee Winnell and Ian Brennan uh, writing. There's also a credit list by a man named uh, Josh S. Uh, Josh C. Waller. <clears throat> mm-hmm. He and a- another director to uh, work with Elijah Wood at Spectre Vision. It's like his okay. horror production company. Um, they also did uh, – so like I said, they do a lot of psychological surreal stuff including Mandy, Color Out of Space – uh, Daniel isn't real. A girl walks home alone at night, which oh. is amazing. Uh, and the boy, uh, the the Brahms, the yeah. Brahm one, yeah, the, the first one. I don't know okay. about the sequel, but they did that one too. Uh, and yes, Danny uh, Hayden Christensen did produce this movie. Hayden Christensen from, from Star Wars, the Star Wars prequels. He played Anakin Skywalker. Yes, him and his brother formed Glacier Films. It's a Canadian uh, production company. Uh, his brother's name is Tove. I love it. Tove? Tove. T-O-V-E. Cool. Kind of like Tobe Hooper, you know? Yeah. Tobe <laughs> Hooper, Tovey. Um, yes. They, that was all, I, I just did a bunch of digging, because we saw Hayden Christensen's name. And freaked out a little bit. I was like, I gotta check this. Yeah, and then I saw Tove Christensen, I'm like, is that like his father? And it's like, no, they're brothers. Um, another fun thing I found is that Danville, that scene, that exteriors at the end when they're just driving through that like desolate street in front of mm-hmm. that theater, that is Westfield from WandaVision. Like no that main shit. square where there's that theater, same fucking place. Huh. And now that I think about it, I'm like, oh, it that totally, makes to- yeah, that makes total like sense. The theater is the same theater. Uh, movie premiered at the Sundance Film Festival. So like they got it in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it originally had an alternate ending. So think about where it ended. Uh huh. I'm probably thinking that originally it ended in that fucking kick-ass, horrifying nightmare place. Oh. Because like it, it's in a scene straight out of Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. They're walking through this like warehouse, and it's like a big extreme trampolines type place, like a kid's birthday party type place, and they just find all these like dead adults and all these like infected chicken nuggets. And they walk into, like, the center of the whole, like, jungle gym area, Mm -hmm. and they just turn on, like, a light, and there's, like, hundreds of kids there. So I'm like, 
That's horrifying. Mm-hmm. Number one. That's one of those points where I'm like, ooh, that kind of I kind of don't like how this makes me feel. Yeah. Like it's like the um. There's parts in Zombieland where there's like children zombies, and it's just like, oh, it's weird to see that. It's just something in your gut makes it weird to look at. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the alternate ending was probably that they just all died there. Yeah. Yeah, Which, that I mean, makes sense. There's no spoiler alert to say that they do not die. Correct. So I, yeah, so anti-spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I'm pretty sure that that was probably the alternate ending. But yeah, they they shot it for Lionsgate, so like it's out there. So okay. I wonder if like if we can find it like on Blu-ray or something if mm-hmm. if that's in there. Because oh. I feel like the movie is definitely worth watching for that again. Oh alone. yeah. All right, let's talk about the actors. Let's let's get into this. So Elijah Wood is in Lord of, Lord the, of the Rings. Rings. Uh, a lot of other things too, but I mm-hmm. don't know them as much as like Lord of the. I was Rings. Like, Lord of the Rings is his big thing that most people will recognize him from. Mm-hmm. I think at least. Allison Pill is from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Which it took me like halfway through the first time I watched this to realize that's where I knew her from. Because she looks, to me, very different. Especially since she's so happy-go-lucky in this. And she is so not well, in Scott yeah, Pilgrim. Yeah, even her hair is completely different. Mm-hmm. And it's been... God, when did Scott Pilgrim come out? Like Scott Pilgrim was... 2005 or something? Somewhere between 07 and 09, I think. Wasn't it the year before Captain America? Or, like, two um, years before Captain America, which means it was probably, like, 09. Anyway. Uh, 2010. Oh, fuck. Okay. So Later than I thought. Four years then. That Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that is the year before Captain America then, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, she... So, I there's a lot of younger actresses out right now, especially in Little Women. I can never remember her name. But they look very similar to mm-hmm. Alison Pill. Um, they're very, like, fair-skinned. They've got, like, light... I know Like, strawberry blonde now. hair. Like, they just, they have that same look about them. So sometimes I will get confused because I'll watch movies from, like, all over the decades. Mm-hmm. So I'll sometimes forget, like, how old people are. So I'm like, yeah, sure. She's, like, what, 20? And I'm like, no, no, that movie was 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, Doug is the science teacher. Lee Winnell is Doug. So the best parts of this movie, hands down, are Doug trying to act normal. Mm-hmm. Because he clearly has some type of, like, schizoid personality disorder, and he just cannot effectively, like, emotionally express himself. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we learned that it's probably due to uh, a metal spike being shoved through his head. When he which, was younger, yeah. yeah. <laughs> which is sometimes why he uses the wrong rowboat. Yes. Don't you mean word? Word. Word. <laughs> <laughs> His delivery is superb. Well, and, like, I'll never get over how we're for... Because we're introduced to all of our teacher characters in the teacher's lounge, and then we see them interact with their students. Yes. And the first thing we see him with is he's got, like, all of his organs on, like, a... a not elastic. Um, like like a Velcro. Like, yeah, Velcro yeah. thing where he can pull them off and use them. And he's just talking about how his uncle lost his brain. And then he goes, well, anyway, that was my weekend. How are all of you doing? <laughs> There's like his first bit in that teacher's lounge too is um <laughs> he's just got this book that's like how to act normal or in conversation yeah, yeah how to have like normal conversations and he just like pounces on Elijah Wood is like man that weather it's a, a scorcher, scorcher out there <laughs> like, like unseasonably warm <laughs> it's just so great because like Lee Winnell also has like really good like fixed gaze like he's got a really yeah. like intense gaze so he'll just kind of like bore into somebody as he's just saying nonsense. 
Uh, <laughs> it's just, oh, look, Carnage. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, the old, it's the first thing he says that isn't, like, weird. Yeah. And it's the most inappropriate <laughs> time. Or, like, it is, like, they're, they're deducing, like, where the infections come from and why mm-hmm. it isn't affecting adults. And uh, they're, in, they're in the auditorium, and he's just trying to explain to them. And he's just asking them to be quiet when, like, no... <laughs> like a solid 45 seconds. You had a good uh, point as to probably why that was. Yeah, I think it's because since he kind of has these uh, misunderstanding of social cues, I like to think he's practiced how many times he needs to say quiet to his students <laughs> before it works. So he just goes through that routine. Whether they're quiet or not, I I, I just love him in this yeah. movie so much. He's so funny. Uh, yeah, but during that whole bit, he's explaining like what he thinks is happening, and he's like, "Well, it is my hypothesis, <laughs> my or no, my hypothesis." <laughs> just like, I oh, man, characters that exude such chaos are so fun. Truly. Uh, yeah, it's like he, he decides he's going to just give an autopsy to the zombie they just killed, and he just, like, rips him apart. And he's like, don't worry, I'm wearing, I'm wearing gloves. gloves. No, you're and not. He's like, not. <laughs> and I, I think it's the same thing where he just doesn't know how to lie. So he's just like, no, I'm wearing gloves. And they're like, you clearly are not. And he just go, he looks at his hands and go, oh. And then walks away. <laughs> He's great. Just again, like those are just a handful of moments with him mm-hmm. in a movie it, full of them. Like that is yeah, the sum of its parts. Like he's so funny. Uh, I always forget that Jack McBrayer is in it as like the clearly gay choir teacher. <laughs> yeah, he plays. His character's name is Tracy. Yeah. Um, and when we're first introduced to him, it's him talking about his partner and how he likes to play with his balls. And he's like, I'm talking about my tennis, tennis partner. Part. Well, yeah, the whole movie is full of, like, very obvious, like, <laughs> cries out for, like, I'm gay. And yeah. Like, yeah, we know. <laughs> well, yeah, and, like, when he finally does say it near the end, Rebecca just goes, I fucking knew yeah. it. Yeah, I'm gay. <laughs> yeah, we know, buddy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we said uh, Nassim Padrad is, is Rebecca from uh, SNL. I don't know if she's still on SNL, but she was throughout She was most for a of, while, yeah. yeah. Like the last 10 years. I also saw she was uh, pretty recently in the new Aladdin live-action remake. Yeah, I know she's she's definitely doing a lot, but it's it's a lot of stuff that I think is on like basic cable, and I just don't okay. watch cable anymore. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I know she's doing stuff. I think she might have actually been in Longshot, too. Oh, uh, okay. I fucking love that movie. Yeah. Um, Jorge Garcia is the Rick, the the crossing guard. <laughs> the cr- this poor man. So Jorge Garcia is Hurley, the fat guy from, from Lost. Lost, and he just plays that same thing here. But it's great because the entire movie, he's just decided he's he like bought mushrooms and is just tripping nuts because well, watching kids rip each other apart. Well, yeah, because at first he just. He's on mushrooms, so he's like, I don't know if I'm actually seeing this. And then when he sees a police car pull up, he's like, I'm not getting busted. And he takes all yeah, of the shrooms. the rest. So he's just tripping balls it's throughout the, the rest of the movie. I feel like as an actor, it'd be great to be like, okay, yeah, you know, I'm doing the same thing. But it's like, no, you don't get it. Your role is to sit in a van and just trip out yeah. watching these kids. Because <laughs> they had this whole cut where, like, they the the – faculty decides that they're going to just wait until three o'clock for the parents to show up and then mm-hmm. they'll have them like call somebody because they don't have their phones on them yeah so then they have this creepy mod like not monologue but like like uh 
like mon- montage, montage is the word I'm looking for. It could be montage of just all the kids doing fucked up horrible things with the corpses that they've digging. Yeah, like they put a head as the tether ball and a tether yeah. wire. Well, they have killed their vice principal, who's the uh, fucking... The co-author. The, yeah, the, the co-author of the show and the um, the vice principal. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jorge Garcia is sitting there tripping out, watching all of this happen, probably having the worst time of his entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that Patriot kid that is, like, the, the kind of motive behind why the infection keeps happening, mm-hmm. like, he's, the zombies have a kind of base intelligence yeah. that I feel like, or or at least they just have a base emotional tenant that they exploit, and they just had to pick the worst kid to give him that and be like, yeah, he'd be the worst zombie. Well, yeah, because he's the second person to get infected, because the first person was infected just by the chicken nugget. And yeah. then it transfers by biting from there. So on. she bit him, and then mm-hmm. they sent him to the to principal's the office. And then during recess, she attacks the other kid. His friend goes up to her and, and is like, hey, yeah. you hit my friend. And then that kid just scratches everybody. everybody. Uh, there's a horrifying, like, again, I, I think I've talked about how horrifying the Marvel Zombies comic run is. Mm-hmm. Like, when I read it as a kid, it was f- horrifying. Um, and they were talking about how the infection spread. And it was this uh, alien superhero had been infected and crashed into Earth. And then the Avengers showed up and infected all of them. Mm -hmm. And then they just, with their superhero intelligence and contacts, spread the infection throughout the entire planet. Namely by infecting Quicksilver so that he could run run across everywhere. everywhere, And he just spread it to every single country. Jesus. Like, immediately. This is like the worst version of Plague Inc. ever. Yeah, truly. It's like, okay, well, what if your infection only targeted those, like, advanced metahumans, and metahumans just ate humans? Mm -hmm. You're fucked. Like, you are all done. So the kids, being Mm -hmm. the superheroes in lieu of that, in a school setting. At recess. They, yeah, they far outnumber you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you have them all outside, but as soon as they get inside, you're screwed. Well, yeah, and like, I love that as soon as Rain Wilson's out at recess with them playing basketball yeah. by himself. Failing to catch. Oh, we didn't even talk about Rain Wilson, did we? Oh, we kind of. Kind of a little earlier. Yeah, but, but yeah, he's just failing at making. Yeah, he can't baskets. make a single shot. And so he finally turns around after they've killed the vice principal and he just sees what happens and he went. All right, listen, I know we've all wanted to do that to the vice principal, but we've crossed a line here. And he tries to outrun all of them. But again, mm-hmm. they're children, zombies, so kids are full of energy and muscle potential. Mm-hmm. And they don't get tired because they're zombies, so they're going to catch up to you eventually. Because like, he just beats them to the door. Yeah. And then it isn't until Patriot, who's inside in the nurse's he office, opens who opens the, the door to let okay. the zombies in. That's true. I think we should talk for a bit why this is such a great zombie movie, too. Okay, yeah, for sure. What is a good zombie movie? I mean, that's pretty subjective. Yeah. Um, I think it can go either way. And I think this movie kind of hits on all of it. Mm -hmm. There's good characters. It's still funny. It's not too serious. There's moments that kind of genuinely scare you. Um, There's, like, legitimate cool moral questions. There's a fresh take on it. Um, with uh, it being a cooties virus, yeah. Um, there's um, also the fe- the fun practical effects. I love the practical effects in this movie. Like That's... this movie is rated R for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I honestly think though it's most like the the gore is pretty gnarly. I think it's mostly for the but I think it's language. language. Like, yeah. Honestly, I feel like it's mostly for all of the f bombs that get dropped. Mm-hmm. I mean, eh, fuck. I don't want why I was like, yeah, we're that we're an explicit podcast. Yeah, fuck. They say fuck <laughs> a lot. The kids say ex- vulgarly. It's like a, kids are using it. Sort of yeah. Like like a la good boys. I'll, yes, sort of exactly. Thing, where you're like. Yeah, I know that that's how kids talk, but, like, But, like, it's gross. a little weird seeing it on screen. We're like, yeah, we know, but, like, but like an adult yeah. wrote those lines, yeah. you know? <laughs> Someone told these kids to say this. This isn't of their own volition. Like, and... Though some yeah. of it is absolutely how kids talk no, in elementary totally. school, which I kind of loved. But it's always the best because kid actors are not those type of kids ever. Exactly. They're, like, always the most, like, respectful, like... I mean, what did we learn from Bill Skarsgård? Like, they're better actors than you yeah. are sometimes. And they're like, oh, shit. Like, they have professional training and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, I mean, I would guarantee that, like, those kids are just like, oh, my God, it's Elijah Wood. Like, he's, you know, Frodo. And they're like, all right, you have to call him, like, a pussy. And it's like, I don't want to. Fucking Frodo Baggins, man. I can't, man. He saved Little Earth. I mean, that'd be me, at least. Because, like, these kids, I think, are only, like, a year or two younger than us. Probably, yeah. Because in 2014, and all those kids are, like, 14. Yeah. You know, they're playing middle school kids, but, like, they're all 14, Yeah, they're 15. probably around our age. Yeah. Oh, God, that's like, terrifying. You, think about that, right? You know? uh-huh. <laughs> um, I always try to, like, have that in mind when it's, like, movies that are, like, set in college now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God, I look older than that, yeah. <laughs> that kid. Oh, my. And he's older than me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so back to the zombie bit. So I think it's great that it embraces the horror for kid zombies mm-hmm. like i said that that that's a thing that kind of sometimes makes me uncomfortable but it should you exactly know, zombies yeah. are supposed to be scary mm-hmm. i mean yeah they're great like shotgun fodder and like it's fun you know it has like have big you know big hordes of them but like oh base are still scary mm-hmm. and the thought of it is very you know terrifying well yeah and i think with that whole needing a fresh take every time or i think there should be a fresh take whenever you're taking on the zombie genre, yeah. I think the fact that all of the zombies are children is a really fresh take, yeah. considering it's always been where there's they can be larger than you, and all of a sudden, they're only coming up to your waist, and you still yeah. are terrified that they'll kill you. I guarantee you, guarantee you, that this movie started out with that fucking, how many second graders do you think you can you take, can take it a fight before they overwhelm you? <laughs> Because that's this. That's the that's the like, movie. Like in, in with the additions and retractions to zombie lore, these are dead. I mean, more or less, like the the infection kills them. It, it starts rotting their brains. Like mm-hmm. these kids are not. Like it's not a community thing where it's like they'll be fine. We'll just like once the fever breaks, all the kids will live. It's like no, those kids are dead. Yeah, they're all fucking dead. That baby is a zombie. And yeah, they turned a baby into a zombie, which yeah. still kind of wigs me out. Again. I, but, saw, I watched Blood Quantum over the break, and mm-hmm. there is explicitly infants being eaten. So, like, I like you were like, yeah, there's a baby. I'm like, oh, yeah. Then I just thought about Blood Quantum, and I went, oh, I guess it's better than Blood Quantum. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a great movie. Whenever those minisodes get out, by the way, I was very, very high when I did <laughs> all of those. Because I was, I was quarantining at home, so all I would do is watch Shutter movies. I'm like, I might as well record some of these. And then we're like, wait, we can turn these into episodes. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so that one has a... I, I talked a lot about on that one, like, with the fresh take with zombies is a big thing. Mm-hmm. So the, the virus affects children, 
but specifically, it does not infect you if you've gone through puberty. Yes. Like, it works with the hormone balance that's in a prepubescent body. So mm-hmm. once your hormones even out and, you know, you have, you know, more or less become a man or a woman or, or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, you can't get it. Well, yeah, because then it just is um, cold and flu symptoms like we find right. out with Elijah Wood's character because that first – big moral question for the adults is when they see that Elijah Wood's been bitten yeah. and they have to quarantine him off while he they figure out if he can survive <laughs> or if they have to kill him too. And then they end up finding out that it just, or Lee Winnell's character specifically, yeah. goes through his vomit to find out that he's just sick and he's not turning into a zombie. Well, and to have Lee Winnell straight face ask a 14-year-old girl if she's... Have you achieved menses? Menses, Yeah. <laughs> I gave you an A in sex ed. I'm a little ashamed you don't know what menses are. <laughs> and, like, that's a creepy bit, but, like, it's because he's just, you've seen him be weird so mm-hmm. much so far that you're like, he's being genuine. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to ask the question just in as few awkward statements as he can, and they're just all awkward because that's right. who he is. Well, I think it's also interesting that, unlike Blood Quantum, the infection doesn't not harm you at all. Mm-hmm. It still is a like pathogenic virus or, or whatnot. So it still impacts your body in some way. It just yeah. doesn't turn you into a zombie. I think that's cool. I think mm-hmm. that's a, and especially at that stage where they're not sure. It's like, oh, does it take you know adults longer? Like, yeah. it, what's the case? You know, because that also would be kind of interesting. You know, there's a uh, there's like a whole thing if it's like well we can trust that adults aren't infected for, like, a couple of days, mm-hmm. you know, like a Resident Evil, where, like, if you're part of the plot, you could be bitten and wait 24 hours, or you could be bitten and then two seconds later <laughs> you're a zombie. Well, and I think it's really interesting when they encounter the two kids who aren't infected. Yeah. Because it's, the first one, it's just that he was inside yeah, studying for a bitten. test, so he hasn't been around the other kids. Yeah. But then the other one had been around the other kids, so they weren't sure if she was going to turn. Yeah. And it's, I think it, they lucked out, unfortunately, it's, again, weird that it was a girl. Because if it was a boy, it's like, well, you're still tiny, but that could mean that you're just short. Or, yeah. You know? <laughs> like, your voice hasn't dropped, you know? Like, it's harder to tell, but, you know. I guess that's one of the weird things about science is, like, well, at the very least, you can... Yeah. <laughs> this is a weird conversation. <laughs> we should start talking about zombies more. Um, yeah, specifically in terms of, like, practical zombie violence. Like, mm-hmm. it's... You have the standard, like, pieces of you are gone. Yeah. Mouths are missing. I see. There's some really fun you makeup know? effects. Like, when yeah. um, Patriot first gets bitten, he gets bitten on his cheek. I love And they that. have a little bit of the makeup for the skin yeah. peeling off, which I think is really a cool effect. Yeah. Well, and they have the whole run of the symptoms. Like, they have bloodshot. Like, their eyes change color. Mm-hmm. Um, they have these weird, like, hives all over themselves. Well, yeah, and the first um, girl, I don't remember her name, who ate the chicken nugget and has the first case. You yeah. just kind of see her slowly, her face just going pale and deteriorating yeah. until finally when she... Uh, attacks the second kid it's because he pulled her pigtail off and it just came yeah, off yeah god that's so like that's what i think is so cool about this too is like it, because it kills them almost mm-hmm. is like that's one of the bonuses of like the walking dead is like those are corpses yeah so it doesn't take a lot of effort to like break them like you can use like you can kick one in the face like twice and it would cave in its skull and you'd kill it mm-hmm. that's not how human beings work like yeah. skulls and skin like and muscle are like a lot more durable so, 
I guess because they're like, yeah, because they're kids and their skin is more malleable, I suppose, that they're easier to break. Yeah. Plus that, you know, it rots their skin and then and turns them into zombies. I think that, you know, would kind of suggest that, because they kind of leave this open for like a sequel almost. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel that they could have added in this little bit. Like, you haven't seen 28 Days Later, right? I've seen the first one. I haven't seen Weeks. Okay, so Weeks is about... It's weeks later, mm-hmm. but because the nature of the infection was such that it ran the body's adrenaline into overdrive, that deteriorates metabolism, and eventually your body just like dies because yeah. it's like you you don't have any nutrients. Like mm-hmm. you're consuming raw flesh. It's not n- water. That's not anything. You're just gonna die eventually. Yeah, it's the same thing with rotted bodies. Eventually, they'll just rot completely, and then they'll all be gone. Mm-hmm. So in this case, it would kind of be interesting where it's like if you just did have it as a one thing, you could have be like, well, you know, well, these kids at the very least are corpses and are already starting to, like, fall apart. Or we're, like, learning, like, yeah, we could just bunker down and, you know, a week from now all of them will be dead. Well, and that's what they plan on at first. But then um, one of the kids, Calvin, has um, low blood sugar, so yes. they need to venture out to find him food. <sighs> And the fucking, that's that, the trope for zombies, though. It's like someone's always had some dumb medical condition, well, and, and you gotta go get your shit. You and know? what other trope comes with that same time frame? The vents. Mr. Hitachi. Oh, shit, that's right, Mr. Hitachi. The, um, just kind of has to be their yeah. Asian character. Like, they, every zombie, every self-respecting, goofy <laughs> zombie thing has a Asian character that some, or someone that has, like, a samurai sword or mm-hmm. samurai skills. Yeah, because he shows up just to, like, protect them, give them food, and kick a bunch of ass. Yeah. And he lives, and I love it. He does live, which I did not think was going to happen. No, honestly, I mean, we can kind of get it out, but, like, none of them die. Yeah. Like, yeah, the only people who die are think. other teachers in the building who we don't follow in the movie. Like, literally tropes, though. Mm-hmm. Like, they're in the teacher's lounge, and in one scene, they just there just is another teacher. So when Patriot comes in, he can kill that teacher. Yep. And Tracy's even like, who is that woman? <laughs> or, like, there's that other, like, big buff teacher who's like, follow me. I do CrossFit. And then immediately gets, like, clotheslined by a bunch well, of zombies. He just comes out the door and he's immediately surrounded yeah, and attacked. Yeah, swarmed immediately. It's like, those are the really good, like, meta zombie tropes to, like, mm. have in to be like, yeah, we have that. We have that. You know, like, because it's fun to have them in. Because it's... In- that's how you can watch people get eaten by other humans and laugh at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Well, like, I really want to mention how um, Patriot kind of becomes their leader pretty early on because he seems to still have much more of his um, higher brain functions throughout it because, like, he's the one who immediately after he kills the nurse and while he's in the building al- as the only zombie, he immediately takes to the ripping lines. the phones out destroying everyone's cell phones that are in the vice principal's office so no one can contact anybody. It seems like they do a very Dawn of the Dead approach to the zombies where there's, it's like the whole brain has been corrupted by this virus, but like 20% of it is still there, like just Mm kind of doing the body's functions. And of those bodily functions, like because the brain shares information, there's pieces of the person that are still there. Like Dawn of the Dead, why they have them as consumer zombies is they're like, well, why are there a bunch of zombies at the mall? It's like, well, they just did whatever they normally would have done. They would have gone to the mall and, mm-hmm. you know, been consumers. In this case, it's like the kids 
rip these kid these these adults apart and then play with them. Mm-hmm. They're children. Yeah. Patriot is a asshole. <laughs> So he's going to be an asshole zombie. <laughs> like, I truly think that Yeah, they, that makes a lot that. of sense. Because it's not just him. Like, he's not just, like, the alpha because he's the alpha. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't even say he's, like, an alpha. Really. Like, he doesn't really order like, them once either. Once the others are inside, he's just another one of like, them. Like, he until just then, causes he does... problems. Yeah. Like, the, the zombies are, like, animals at that point. Where it's, like, when they're dormant, like, in Train to Busan, they just kind of stand there. Mm-hmm. In this case, you know, when they're left on the playground and there's no immediate like threats their environment they're just gonna play tetherball with a head or jump rope with intestines or do stuff like that about the jump rope intestines that is a cool shot it's all i mean that whole thing is just nightmarish because there's a bunch of weird like music box music that's usually what i'm like he's just tripping out yeah that's i'm like dude i'm sober and i don't like this uh there's a couple of really really funny fucking jokes in this movie that are dumb but they're funny to me (laughs) Specifically, that Elijah Wood was in Lord of the Rings, and like any really good semi-meta comp like comedy, there's one, just one joke about the main character's other most like very famous thing. Mm-hmm. One day we're gonna watch the Dead Don't Die, which is an Adam Driver and I Bill mean, Murray, I, right? I mean, Bill Murray, but the whole cast is stacked. Mm-hmm. But specifically, Adam Driver and Bill Murray are just these like very low-key Argo type or Fargo type. Uh, sheriffs and then mm-hmm. zombies show up and you know they're like huh, how about that <laughs> but tilda swinton's in it and gives adam driver's character like his keys he's like i'm gonna take your car and he's got a little star destroyer on it and she's like ah star wars it's an excellent fiction because she's irish in it mm-hmm. and he's like yeah it's okay and i'm like <laughs> yes adam driver referencing star wars in this case it's rain wilson who clearly is an enormous nerd <gasps> Doing a scene with Elijah Wood, who is Frodo Baggins. And short in real life as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they have to have him, like, he's the only one that can fit into the vents, and I'm like, Wait, yeah. You're just going to scurry around like some little hobbit? And yeah, he kind of, like, looks at him, like, <laughs> like, huh? I'm like, wait a minute, does that mean that Lord of the Rings is canon? <laughs> Which means that you just... <laughs> also, I'm just never, I know this really doesn't have any impact on the plot but i just really want to talk about uh, elijah wood's character's book that he's God, writing yeah. in the movie it's such like a big like writers hate themselves yeah. so it's such a right like stephen king does it all the time mm-hmm. where he puts a writer in his story and like that character's problem is that they can't, can't write. write and i'm like <laughs> we know yeah. that's the easiest most hack thing that a writer that can't write is gonna write about kill them all man like He's in His love book with... It's about a haunted boat. He loved the boat, but he didn't know how oh. evil the boat was. <laughs> it's like he just couldn't get past that first sentence. Mm-hmm. But the boat book is called Kill Them All. Well, and I love that Rain Wilson's character is like, so it's Christine but with a boat, right? Yes. And he's just like, what's what's Christine? You know, Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> the other author that writes authors and everything. <laughs> Uh, dude, yeah, we've really gushed about it, but overall, this is great. And it's it's not long either, so it doesn't no. feel like, and the pacing's really solid, so it doesn't feel like it's dragging anywhere. It just feels like it's moving from beat to beat really fluidly. I think if we have an extra space in uh, our elementary school unit, we should watch Little Monsters also. Okay. 
um, because it's the exact same vibe of movie. Cool. But that was in the 80s, 90s? No, 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 no. This was like 2015. (laughs) Shit. I I I think I'm thinking of the wrong movie then. I think so. Um, But uh, I I also am 90% sure it's called Little Monsters. It's with Lupita Nyong'o. Okay. Josh Dad. Yeah, I'm thinking of the wrong movie then. Well, like even on IMDb for this movie, it was like... You might also like Little Monsters. I'm like, yeah, it's the same type of thing. It's okay. so glorious. So, like, we might even just watch it just for that. But, mm-hmm. Like, we may not cover it because, again, it's, like, the same type of movie. Uh, but I guess for y'all to want to see it, it's essentially the same type of thing reversed. Okay. It's a group of kids on a field trip at a wildlife park. Lupita Nyong'o is, like, the perfect, like, Miss Honey type Matilda type teacher. Josh Gant works at this park. And zombies happen. But she's like, hey now, I am not for a second breaking the illusion that these for these kids that the world is nothing but safe and happy. So we are going to not tell them that there are zombies, but we are going to get them out of here. And it's just so fucking good and so pure and funny. And it's the same type of vibe. So if either of those movies appeal, watch them. You won't regret it. Even if you like zombie violence, there's still zombie violence in those movies. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of it, you know, to the point where I'm like, God, man, get the kids away from that, man. Like, I don't like, Yeah. <laughs> like in this movie, too, it's more like, God, mm. ugh, gross. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think I can speak for the both of us at this point that we would highly recommend this movie to anybody Truly. who's interested. And if you are interested in watching it and are looking for a way to watch it, I can at least speak for right now, it's free on IMDb TV, which you can access on IMDb's website or through Amazon Prime. Right, right. Um, so that's how we watched it this week. Yeah. Uh, I know he, that I watched it on Hulu the first time I watched it. I, said, I think I watched it on Prime the last time I watched okay. it. Well, you, I guess this is just, I guess, last note. Uh, I remember recommending this movie to you on the podcast. I don't remember what I episode so, it yeah. was. Um, fuck, it was, uh, I think maybe Allison Pill. But I was talking about, like, yeah, oh, no, it was we were talking Lee Winnell because I'm like, yeah, That's he wrote right. Cooties. And you're like, what's Cooties? Yeah, I think this is – did we talk about Invisible Man at some point? It was Invisible Man. We were Yeah, because it came up for that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that was the thing. It was uh, – you just feel like, yeah, I got to check this out. And, like, a month or so later – I think it was over the summer because you're like, yeah, I checked out Cooties. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and you're like, yeah, I watched it with my dad. Yeah. I'm like, That's awesome. <laughs> I feel like watching a movie with your dad would be hilarious. It's so much fun. His laugh is straight <laughs> yeah, up a giggle, and exactly. I love it. <laughs> Especially for this, because it's horror, so like it gets us. It's funny. It gets other people. It's got actors people know, so it gets them. Yeah. It's not violent, too violent that it would turn those people away, mm-hmm. and it's funny that it keeps them invested, and it like tricks them into watching a zombie movie. Mm-hmm. Which, if that's not how, like, what we built this show on, like, I don't know what is. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Like, man, because it's good. I mean, yeah. 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 <laughs> we, we talked about that a bit enough, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, follow our Instagram at the underscore square horror podcast. You can reach out to us at our email at squarehorrorpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I'd like to share some exciting news. I told you about this, but uh, we, our last episode, this, or our last couple episodes ago, Sound of Violence. <clears throat> uh, I, I wouldn't say we got in contact, but I, I mean, I guess it's just a message away. But uh, we uh, 
our Instagram post about the silent violence got the attention of the director of the mm-hmm. movie. And immediately I went, oh, shit, what did we say <laughs> about it? And you're like, you were like, yeah, good constructive things. I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to <laughs> – we meant it goofy. We didn't. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't made anything like you. Can, yeah, we we have no we have not written it. We have like, no feet to stand on. Yeah, we by no means are correct. <laughs> well, until next time, you stay spooky out don't there. Don't get cooties.